Ready, set, yes or no. That's our topic tonight. Ready, set, yes or no. You know, we've been doing a series as we go through the book of Deuteronomy. Uh, first one was ready, set, slow. And the second one was ready, set, glow. And now it's ready, set, yes or no. So in the first four chapters, Pastor Brandon took us through those. It was ready, set, slow down. Israel had been in captive for 400 years. They had spent a year around Mount Sinai, and they got the law, the instructions on the tabernacle. Then 40 years wandering in the wilderness, trying to make it into the promised land, which they didn't go into because of unbelief. And we saw a cycle develop within the people of Israel. Now, keep in mind that Israel is a type of believer. You've heard me say this before. You went, you read the Psalms and you find the name Israel in there. Take it out and put your name in and it fits beautifully. So Israel is a type of believer. So Israel developed this pattern. I hope none of us have done this pattern, but it went from being blessed, being delivered from, from Egypt, murmuring and complaining, no water, suffering, and then crying out to the Lord again. 39 years they went through that. And the application Pastor Brandon taught us was to reflect. Ready, set, slow. Take time to reflect on God's word, and it helps us so much. He gave us four points to remember. Take time to reflect or slow down to be wise, to remember his goodness, to return to that close relationship that we have with God, and to give us a cause to wonder at who he is. And as we reflect on him, we become his reflection. The second one was ready, set, grow. And that was last week. A new generation had come into the land and they had to be taught the law. And so in chapter 5, the first verse, it says, hear them, hear the law, observe the law, and learn the law. And then in chapter 6, we pointed out that the reason for you to know God's word and to keep God's word is so that it will go well with you in the land. Now, we've just finished a study, or we're working through a study in the book of Romans in our men's study, and we're looking at chapter 8 of Romans as the spiritual promised land for us believers. How do we get in there, and how do we stay in those wonderful verses that we call Romans 8? So the whole purpose of the law here was to help the nation Israel to get into the promised land. The whole idea of Romans is that you can reign in life, and reigning in life looks like Romans 8. No condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, free from the law of sin and death, more than conquerors, and all of those wonderful attributes that that chapter has for us. In chapter 7, we saw that the Lord chose them. They were a chosen people. It says in verse 6 of chapter 7, for you are a holy people to the Lord your God. The Lord your God has chosen you to be a people for himself, a special treasure above all the people on the face of the earth. Christian, you are a chosen people. You are a special people, someone that God has chosen. So by being in fellowship with him and being a Christian, you're very special. And then in chapter 8, he said you're coming into a good land, so when you get into that land... Remember the Lord. Be sure and give him the credit for the wells you didn't dig, the cisterns you didn't dig, the vineyards you didn't plant, the cities that you didn't build, and all of those things. When God is good to you, 
give him the praise and glory. Don't take it in, in a prideful way and say, oh, by the power of my hand, we have taken this land. That's what he's telling him. We have to be careful doing the same thing. When God blesses us to return to him and to give him the praise and honor, he cautions them there in chapter 8, verse 17. He says, Then you say in your heart, My power and the might of my hand has granted me this wealth or this thing or this accomplishment. Be careful with that. So all these chapters, we saw the principle laid out. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and your mind and soul. Obey the law that it would be good for you. So Moses is telling them, ready? Are you ready to go into the land? Everything is set. The tabernacle, the instructions, it's all set. It's all ready to go. But before you go, grow. Grow in your dependence upon God. That's what Pastor Brandon taught us last week. The word Deuteronomy means, is actually in Hebrew, is Debar. And it means the words, the commandments, the testimonies of the Lord, the statutes and the laws. And it also said, means with to be repeated. Over and over, we saw that it has been repeated to keep the command of the Lord. Keep the command of the Lord. Keep the command of the Lord. Pastor Brandon pointed out 38 times in those chapters you looked at last week, that was said. And then again, in chapter 6, verse 24, it says, And the Lord commanded us to observe all these statutes to fear the Lord our God for our good always, that he might preserve us as we uh, and uh, alive as we are today. You know, sometimes when we think about the things of God, whether they're Old Testament laws or the New Testament instructions, we don't really stop and think that they're for our good always. They're for our good. They're not for against us. And then in chapter 10, the question is asked, what does the Lord, or Israel, what does the Lord require of you? Here's a great place to take out the name Israel and write in your name. And now, Michael... What does the Lord your God require of you but to fear the Lord your God, to walk in all his ways, to love him, to serve the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul, and to keep the commandments of the Lord and his statutes which I command you today. Fear the Lord your God, walk in his ways, love him and serve him, and keep his commandments. Not only know his word, but keep it. And it's still the same for us today. So then the second speech. Remember, um, we are looking at four different speeches. Uh, tonight's the third speech. The, uh, last, uh, the last speech end, ended with chapter 26. So if you want to turn there, I just want to give you a couple of points of reminder before we start with the new chapter. Chapter 26. Verse 6, 7, 8, and 9 reminds us of this cycle. But the Egyptians mistreated us and afflicted us and laid hard bondage on us. So Christian, have you ever been in bondage? This is part of the cycle that Israel is trying to get out of. When we're in bondage, then we cried out to the Lord. God, our, our fathers, and Lord heard our voice and looked on our affliction and our labor and our oppression. So the Lord brought us out of Egypt, there's the deliverance, with a mighty hand and with an outstretched arm, with great terror and with signs and wonders. And then he brought us into a place and has given us this land. 
So in affliction and bondage to despair and, and, their, and crying out in desperation in prayer, then the Lord brought them out and he gave them a land flowing with milk and honey. And what are we supposed to do? We're supposed to remember the Lord when we're in those circumstances. And then in verses 16 to 19 of that 26th chapter, one last reminder to observe the commandments. This day the Lord your God commands you to observe these statutes and judgments. Therefore you shall be careful to observe them with your heart, with all your heart and with all your soul. Today you have proclaimed the Lord to be your God and that you will walk in his ways and keep his statutes, his commandments and his judgments, and that you will obey his voice. Also today the Lord has proclaimed you to be his special people, just as he promised you that you should keep his commandments, and that he will set you high above all nations which he has made in praise, in name, and in honor, and that you may be a holy people to the Lord your God, just as he has spoken it. And then Pastor Brandon closed last week with a reminder from John chapter um, 15, where Jesus admonished us to remain in him and to abide in him and to obey, obey his words. So let's pray. Father, we thank you for this word. We thank you for the book of Deuteronomy, Lord. We thank you that it is a reminder for us in all things. In Jesus' name, amen. So, ready, set, slow. Ready, set, grow. Ready, set, yes or no. The beginning of Moses' third speech are in these first in the first verses of chapter 27. He's going to talk about stones, and he's going to talk about an altar for the offering. So let's read those first verses. We'll read about 1 through 10 of chapter 27. Now Moses, with the elders of Israel, those are the civic leaders, commanded people, saying, Keep all the commandments which I command you today, and it shall be on the day and that when you cross over the Jordan to the land which your, which your God has given you, that you shall set up for yourself large stones and whitewash them with lime. You shall write on them all the words of the law when you have crossed over that you may enter the land with which the Lord your God is giving you, a land flowing with milk and honey, just as the Lord God of your fathers promised you. Therefore it shall be when you have crossed over the Jordan that on Mount Ebal you shall set up these stones which I command you today, and you shall whitewash them with lime. And there you shall build an altar to the Lord your God, an altar of stones. You shall not use no. You shall not use an iron tool on them. You shall build it with uh, whole stones, the altar of the Lord your God, and offer burnt offerings on it to the Lord your God. And you shall offer peace offerings, and shall eat there and rejoice before the Lord your God. And you shall write. Er, and ver, you shall write every. You shall write it very plainly on the stone all the words of the law. Then Moses and the priests, the Levites, spoke to all Israel, saying, Take heed and listen, O Israel, this day you have become the people of the Lord your God. Therefore you shall obey the voice of the Lord your God and observe his commandments and his statutes, which I command you today. In verse 1, it's interesting that Moses was with the elders and all the people. And then in verse 9, Moses was with the priest and all the people. So Moses is leaving, and the authority is being passed on. 
But if you'll notice, he passes on the authority to the civic leaders, the elders, and to the religious leaders, the priest. We've seen that throughout history, especially in Europe, where we had a church and then we had the um, monarchies of Europe and there was the uh, elders or the people who ran the nation, but then there was the church that would would hold it back. And the same thing that we try to do today, the church tries to do those things which are good for the nation, things that are uh, for honor. So it says in verse 2, it shall be on the day you cross over that you're going to take these stones, you're going to whitewash them, and you're going to write the law on them. Now, archaeologists have actually found whitewashed or stones with like paint or plaster on them with inscriptions on them all over Egypt and all over the Middle East. So it's possible in verse 3 that he wrote the Ten Commandments on there, but it's more probable that he wrote down all the laws that Moses has been giving him, including the blessings and the curse. A few chapters ahead in Joshua, which is our next book as we continue to study through the Bible, we read this in Joshua chapter 8. Now Joshua built an altar to the Lord of Israel on Mount Ebal, as Moses the servant of the Lord had commanded the children of Israel, as it was written in the book of the law of Moses, an altar of whole stones over which no man had yielded an iron tool. So Joshua did what Moses told him to do. And they offered on it burnt offerings to the Lord and sacrificed peace offerings. And there in the presence of the children of Israel, he wrote on the stones a copy of the law of Moses, which he had written. And you can't really tell if he wrote the whole thing out or just the Ten Commandments. Either way, he wrote the law down. In chapter 11, we read something that I think is a good uh, pretense to ready, set, yes or no. We read these words. Behold, I set before you today a blessing and a curse. The blessing, if you obey the commandment of the Lord your God, when I command you today, and a curse, if you do not obey the commandment of the Lord your God, but turn aside to the way that I command you today, to go after other gods which I have, which you have not known. Yes or no is what he's saying. A yes for a blessing, no for a curse. So in verses 4 and 5 of chapter 27, it's interesting that they built the altar on Mount Ebal where the stones were placed, where the curses were confirmed by the people, and not on the Mount of Blessings. We know that the law brings a curse. It's actually unable to bring the blessing to us. But in keeping the law, and keeping the instructions of God, there are natural consequences that come out of that and I would call them blessings. It's not because we keep it that we get it. It's because we're in it. The altar was used for two types of offerings. First, the burnt offering. That's the offering of atonement. That's the offering with, we have sinned, Lord. Here are, here are, um, here's our offering. Accept it. Forgive us of our sins. Followed by the peace offering, the fellowship offering. That's the one that they would barbecue and they would eat together with the Lord and they would, the priest and the, they would come together as a family. So you have to have one before the other. There's times when we are estranged from the Lord. There's times when we're estranged from people within our family. And so sometimes we have to come and have that first, get that relationship reestablished. And then let's have a barbecue. Let's go to In-N-Out. Let's do whatever it is that we need to do. So that's what they were supposed to do on that all on that offering. And it was to be covered or to take care of the atone for uh, all of their sins. 
From the New Testament regarding the law and the purpose of the law, we read these these words from Romans chapter 3. Therefore, by the deeds of the law, no flesh will be justified in his sight, for by the law is the knowledge of sin. As you read and study and as you dig deeper into God's word, as you hear it, you will be convicted of new things. You think that you've got it wired today, you think you're doing a really good job, got pretty much all these big ones under control. Just keep reading and keep going, and the Holy Spirit will convict you and bring you. It's the it's the law of God, it's the words of God that brings knowledge of sin. It's the story of Jesus and the story of God that brings us salvation and brings us the grace. In Galatians 3, we read, Therefore the law has become our tutor or schoolmaster to lead us to Christ, so that we may be justified by faith, but not. But now that faith has come, we are no longer under the tutor. And so we, even though the law may convict us, because we have become Christians, because we have come to the cross, we recognize what Jesus has done for us, there is no condemnation. And then in Romans 8, it says that there's no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. We always stop there, but we need to go on. Those who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit, for the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. And so because of, the, of what Christ has done for us, we have that. The law brings a curse. The law brings knowledge of sin, but Jesus took that curse for all of us, the sins of mankind upon himself, that we might be free from its condemnation. Now the next scene is, if you read ahead and read these chapters, is really kind of an amazing scene. It goes from from verse 9 all the way through uh, verse 48. And it's even hard to try to imagine this scene. There are a million people over here on one mountain, Mount Ebal. There's another million people over here on the other mountain. The Levites are down in the valley in the middle, and they're going to cry out blessings and cursings. And when they cry out a blessing, this group is going to answer back. And when they cry out a cursing, this group is going to answer back. It's quite a scene. Um, So let's read this scene and see what happens here. Verse 9 of chapter 27. Then Moses and the priests, the Levites, spoke to all Israel, saying, Take heed and listen, O Israel, this day you have become the people of the Lord your God. Therefore you shall obey the voice of the Lord your God and observe his commandments and his statutes which I command you today. And Moses commanded the people on the same day, saying, These shall stand on Mount Gizrim to bless the people. When you have crossed over the Jordan, Simon, Levi, he names the tribes, Judah, Issachar, Joseph, and Benjamin. And then these shall stand on Mount Ebal to curse Reuben, Gad, Asher, Zebulun, Dan, and Naphtali. The Levites shall speak with a loud voice and say to all the men of Israel, Cursed is the one who makes a carved or molded image, an abomination to the Lord, the work of his hands, the and the craftsman, and set it up in secret. And all the people shall answer and say, Amen. Verse 16. Cursed is the one who treats his father or his mother with contempt. And all the people say, Amen. Verse 19. Cursed is the one who perverts the justice due the stranger, 
the fatherless, and the widow. And all the people said, Amen. Verse 24, Cursed is the one who attacks his neighbor secretly. And all the people say, Amen. Cursed is the one who takes a bribe to slay an innocent person. And all the people say, Amen. Cursed is the one who does not confirm all the words of this law. And all the people shall say, Amen. The word amen, amen means so be it, or indeed. Or in our talk tonight, it means yes. Ready, set, yes or no. Kind of like us. We know right from wrong. We all say yes, though, don't we? We all say yes. We all say amen. Like these people were saying. Very few of us will really say no. So chapter 28 continues with this scene of the Levites crying out and the people answering back. So let's look at the the first few verses of chapter uh, 28. Now it shall come to pass... Now this is, remember, this is Moses' third speech. So he's, he's talking all this. Now it came to pass, if you diligently obey the voice of the Lord your God to observe carefully all the commandments which I command you today, that the Lord your God will set you above all the nations of the earth. How to do that is cool. All these blessings shall come upon you and, and observe and uh, overtake you because you obey the voice of the Lord your God. Blessed shall, be, shall you be in the city, and blessed shall you be in the country. Blessed shall be the fruit of your body, the produce of your ground, and the increase of your herds, and increase of your cattle, and the offspring of your flocks. Blessed shall be your basket and your kneading bowl. Blessed shall, be, shall you be when you come in, and blessed shall you be when you go out. The Lord will cause your enemies to, who rise up against you to be defeated before your face. They shall come out against you one way and flee before you another way. Seven ways. The Lord will command the blessing on you in your storehouse and in all of that which you set your hand on. He will bless you in the land which the Lord your God has given you. The Lord will establish you as a holy people to himself as he has sworn to give it to you to keep the commandments of the Lord your God and walk in all his ways, then all the people of the earth shall see that you are called by the name of the Lord and they shall be afraid of you. And the Lord will grant you plenty of goods in the fruit of your body, of the increase of your livestock and the produce of your ground in the land of which the Lord swore to your fathers to give to you. And it goes on and on and on with all these blessings. Verse 1 is interesting. The purpose of God was to lift up his people because through the nation of Israel is where the message of God has come. It has continued through there. It came to, to the time of Christ and it comes through that. It's fulfilled the condition upon obedience. It was when the nation of Israel was obedient, it was a great nation. Under King David, under Solomon, they were obedient. As they fell away, then the other part came, and they actually were cursed, and they were carried away. Moses then describes these blessings which would follow and the evils that would come if they disobeyed. History saw both come true for the nation of Israel. For us as Christians... 
we see these principles continue. Obedience to God's word, obedience to even the law, is realizing his divine purpose in our lives. But disobedience leads to disaster. Then in verses 15 to 50, he goes back to the curses, and it just goes on. But it shall come to pass, if you do not obey the voice of the Lord your God, to observe carefully his commandments and his statutes, which I command you today, that all these curses will come upon you. And then he goes through a whole other list of curses. And then the scene ends with a summary uh, in verses 45 to 40 to 52 where the Lord is making it clear, like we read back in chapter 11. Ready? Set? Yes or no? Ready, set, yes or no? The scene ends with this great summary, and the Lord makes it clear. The choice was theirs. So in verse 49, many see this as a prophecy of the coming Roman invasion by Titus in 70 AD. The invasions of the, the invasion of the Romans, they came from afar. Listen, listen to this verse and tell me if you don't think, uh, I'll give you some history here in a minute, but in verse 49 it says, The Lord will bring a nation against you from afar, from the end of the earth, as swift as the eagle flies, a nation whose language you will not understand. The invasion of the Romans, uh, in, into Jerusalem in 70 AD, they did come from afar. The soldiers of the invading army were taken from France, Spain, and Britain, then considered the end of the earth. History records that Julius Severus, the commander, afterwards Vespasian, Vespasian and Hardin, left Britain for the siege on Jerusalem. The ensign that the Roman army carries, the standard that they would carry, was that of an eagle. The language spoken by the soldiers were of three or four different nations that composed the army. They were unintelligible to the Jews. So this section goes on to describe the siege against Jerusalem, and it's, it's a clear picture of it. Jesus mentioned it and predicted it in Luke 19. He says, For the days will come upon you when your enemies will build an embankment around you, surround you, and close you in on every side. They will level the city and your children within you to the ground, and they will not leave in you one stone upon another, because you did not know the time of your salvation. So Moses brings up an interesting thing here in verse 58. He reminds him the name of the Lord. If you do not carefully observe all the words of the Lord that you that were written in the book, that you may fear the glory that you may fear the glorious and awesome name, the Lord your God. In other words, Yahweh or Jehovah, the self-existing one, is Elohim, the Supreme One. And then in verses sixty-three to sixty-eight, the prophecy continues and talks about the scattering of the nation of Israel all over the world. And we know that that happened as they were carried away to Babylon, they came back, but then after 70 AD, they were scattered all over the world. Even with this horrible prophecy and it coming true, we can see God's handiwork in the nation of Israel. We know that the nation and Jerusalem were destroyed. We know that the people were scattered all over the world. But don't we also know that they came back into the land on May 14, 1948? 
and was given back to them. And what I like to think about is they came back with all the knowledge from all over the world. They came back with the best scientific information from Russia and from America and from Britain and from France. They came back with the best military ideas. They came back with the best business ideas. And they came back and they have prospered ever since as all of that came back in and God has kept his hand on in Israel. And I encourage us to pray for the peace of Jerusalem and Israel all the time. So as I was going through this study and preparing, I wonder if anybody in Israel has reread this passage to the nation. Can you imagine pulling all of the Israelites together and saying, hey guys, let's read this about blessings and curses, obeying the law and not obeying the law. Let's put this into practice and see what God would do again if his people, his nation, would obey his laws. I think it'd be a great challenge for somebody over there to go just just to read this passage and say, look what God promised us as a nation, Israel, if we would keep his laws. What has God promised us as Christians, take out Israel, put in your name, if we keep his laws? I think for us today, it's, it's pretty much the same. Ready, set, yes or no. Ready? We're all saved. We've been given the promise we can reign in life. Romans 5.17 We're ready. Set. We know the word. We know what it says. We, we know what it says to do and we know what it says not to do. It's just yes or no. Now, you might be saying to me, now Pastor Mike, you know, we're not under the law anymore. We're under grace. Jesus and his sacrifice took care of all that for us. We're free from the law. Grace has redeemed us once and for all, so we don't have to go under the law. So how can it be ready, set, yes or no for you and me, for us today? Let me ask you a couple questions. And the answer is yes or no. Okay? Jesus said, love one another. Yes or no? Jesus said, forgive one another. Yes or no? Jesus said, repent. Well, sometimes. You know, yes or no? Yes. Jesus said it. These are his words. On On the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus said, blessed are the peacemakers. You guys peacemakers? Yes or no? Here's one. Blessed are the merciful. You guys merciful? Yes or no? (laughs) We're the salt and the light. Letting our light shine? Yes or no? (laughs) Go the second mile. You know, you just finished the first mile and it was tough. Go the second mile, yes or no? Still in the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus says, don't worry. (laughs) Yes or no? Don't judge. Don't judge others. Leave that to the Lord. Yes or no? John, when he records some of the words of Jesus, he says, if you love me, keep my commandments. Yes or no? 
Let your heart not be troubled. Jesus said that. Those are his words. His law to us as Christians. Let your heart not be troubled. Believe it or not. Yes or no. As Pastor Brandon pointed out last week, abide in me. Yes or no. So you can get the idea how you might want to do this at home. You might want to open up a gospel and read through it a little bit. Read some of the red words, you know, those are the ones that Jesus said. And then ask yourself, yes or no. But the New Testament is full of some letters from Paul. So there's a few things in here I'd like to read to you. And all you have to do is, to yourself, answer yes or no. Sin shall not have dominion over you. Yes or no. We have the liberty as children of God. We do. We're not under bondage. We have liberty. The Spirit helps our weakness. Be kind to one another, preferring the other person first. Yes or no? Be delight in your service to the Lord. Do you serve with delight? I'll hear you singing tonight as we pick up the tables and chairs. Right, guys? Be rejoicing with hope. Do you have hope for the future? You know, the blessed assurance, the blessed assurance, the blessed hope that the the Bible talks about is that Jesus is coming back for us. But sometimes we need to have just hope that things are going to work out here and things are going to work out there and as we do different things, that it's all going to come about peacefully and, and, and everything's going to work out really well. We have to have that hope. Be patient in trials. Be steadfast in prayer. Didn't have time to pray today, so I just rushed off into the day. There's a great poem like that, if you want to Google that. Didn't have time to pray. It's a short little uh, poem. And the last verse says, Had so much to do today, I had to take time to pray. And it's just a whole reversal of that. Be patient in prayer. Be steadfast. I mean, be, be patient in trials. Be steadfast in prayer. Bless those who persecute you. Yes or no? Wow. Galatians. Walk in the spirit and not in the flesh. Yes or no? Produce the fruit of the spirit, love, and its attributes, joy, peace, long-suffering, and kindness. Restore those who have been overtaken in a trespass in a spirit of gentleness. Helping those out who have stumbled. If a person's having problems with drinking, and they go back into that and they, they're drunk and they come and you catch them. I mean, you, you don't catch them. You catch them like this, catch them. Um, do you restore them with love and with patience, spirit of gentleness? Or do you ball them out? You... This is the fourth time this month, and you know we've we've already had this conversation. You know why do we have to have it again, or so on and so forth. Restore those who have been overtaken in a trespass in a spirit of gentleness. Yes or no? Bear one another's burdens. Ephesians, and I really just gleaned through these quick. I'm sure when you guys go home and do your homework. 
and try this on yourself. So you and the Holy Spirit in your Bible, yes or no? How am I doing in this area? Husbands, how you doing? How you treating your wife? You tender, you kind? Are you using that great word that I love to tell the men to use with their wives? Fixes any problem that you have in any of your marriages. One word, guys. Learn this word. Sure. That's all you got to say. Okay? Yes or no? Walk worthy of your calling as a believer. Yes or no? Here's one that we have to apply here on the mountains, especially. Endeavor to keep the unity of the Spirit. Do we really work at that within our other sister churches? Do we pull together and bring in about unity in the Christian body on the mountain? Or do we say, oh, our way's better, your way's not, no good, blah, blah, keep, endeavor to keep the unity of the Spirit, yes or no? Here's a couple easy ones. <laughs> Put off the old man. Yes or no? Put on the new man. Yes or no? Let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth. Yes or no? Walk in love. Walk carefully. Walk circumspectively. Walk uh, careful in the way things. Walk as children of the light, it says in Ephesians. Philippians. Let your conduct be worthy of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Be like mind in love, being in one accord. <laughs> Do all things without complaining and disputing. Yes or no? I came home kind of murmuring the other day, well, it was a couple of weeks ago, and I, you know, I wasn't really. I was complaining a lot. I, I, some people had let me down. Some things hadn't worked out the way I wanted to. And um, you know, I'm the administrative pastor of Calvary Chapel Costa Mesa, which is a pretty good-sized church. has a lot of different things going on, a lot of different people things going on, and just all kinds of dynamics. And, and uh, you know, every now and then, it's just you just pull too many different ways. And so came home, and I was complaining to my lovely wife, and... She gently uh, restored me <laughs> by saying, count your blessings. Count your blessings. Stop complaining. Count your blessings. And every time now when I start to murmur a little bit, I just start to count my blessings. I just think of my beautiful granddaughters. I think of my, my things that are good in my life. I just start to count my blessings. So um, do all things without complaining and disputing. Rejoice in the Lord always. Yes or no? Yeah, I say rejoice. Yeah, again, I say rejoice. Here's another good one. Here's a tough one. Be anxious for nothing. Yes or no? Pray for everything with thanksgiving. Colossians chapter 2. Let me read you a few verses here. Chapter two, verse six. As therefore you, you as therefore have re, as you therefore have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in Him, rooted and built up in Him, 
and established in the faith as you have been taught, abounding in, in it with thanksgiving. Beware lest anyone cheat you through philosophy and empty deceit, according to the traditions of men, according to the basic principles of the world, and not according to Christ. For in him dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily, and you are complete in him who is the head of all principalities and powers. Yes or no? Are you rooted? Are you built up? Are you established in the things of Christ so that when the things from the world come against you, you're able to say, man, I'm rooted in the things of Christ. Paul writing to his protege, to young pastor Timothy, he says, do not be ashamed of the gospel of Christ. Yes or no? Have you ever not entered that conversation when Christ was being put down? Have you ever kind of turned away and not felt like you kind of acted like you didn't hear the conversation? Do not be ashamed of the gospel of Christ. Be strong in grace. Boy, Pastor Chuck was so good at that. He had a little saying, if you're going to err, err on the side of grace. Now, some of us who worked for him, we didn't like it sometimes because we didn't want grace applied to these people that were messing up. We wanted him to be a little bit more strict. But be strong in grace. Freely you received, freely give. Be gracious as much as you can be. Study to show yourself approved unto God, a workman that needs not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. That's what Paul was telling to Timothy. Yes or no, are you studying to show yourselves approved? Okay, I've got, I got time so I can share something with you. I learned today. Pastor Brian was speaking this morning, and he was talking about a devotional method that he learned that really intrigued him. And it came from our um, Bible College director, Andy Dean. He says, when you're reading the Bible, don't make it such a big chore. Read maybe one or two chapters a day, maybe one in the morning and one at night. And then get yourself a notebook, and in that one chapter, find one verse that kind of said something to you, spoke to you. And write that one verse down, and then write a simple little paragraph, two, three sentences about that verse. And that's it. That's all you do for, for the day. And then again, do it at night. And he said three chapters, which that might be a lot. But he said, if you did that, at the end of one year, you would almost have completed the Bible, <clears throat> and you would have 1,000 verses that you meditated on, you wrote down, and you wrote something about that it meant to you in one year. If you did it morning and night, it'd be 700 verses that you would be able to say, I contemplated that, I, 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 I meditated on that, and then I wrote down what it meant to me. And can you imagine going back and looking at that and rereading it? So that, It's not in the notes, it just came to me. So Hebrews, goes on, the writer of Hebrews, let your conduct be without covetousness. Yes or no, do you covet the better car, the motor home, the bigger house? Be content with such things as you have. Yes or no? Because, because he has said he would never leave you or forsake you, you may boldly say, 
and we should live life like we believe it, we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper, I will not fear. What can man do to me, yes or no? James, you know this one's coming, right? Count it all joy, yes or no? Be swift to hear, slow to speak, and slow to wrath. Be doers of the word. Yes or no? Bridle your tongue. Yes or no? Don't be a respecter of persons. Yes or no? These are all from James. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Yes or no? Do not speak evil of one another. Yes or no? One last one. Many of you probably know this and count it as a favorite verse. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there is any virtue, if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate or think on these things. Yes or no? Yes. 